going on, everybody? Matt Major, Matt Major Show, here with you on a President's Day Monday. It's technically a holiday. It's technically a corporate holiday for, for my company. So I should be taking today off, but you know what? Good content never rests, except this weekend. When I didn't do a whole hell of a lot. I was thinking about doing some gaming streaming. I was going to do some Call of Duty streaming. But then I was playing Call of Duty and my controller wasn't working quite right. And it had this unfortunate accident where it got smashed into the desk ten times until it didn't work anymore. So there's a new controller on the way. That'll be cool. It is President's Day. And I thought, before we go too crazy, before we get too heavy... Let's, let's talk about President's Day, right? What is President's Day? So, of course, I found myself a, a good YouTube video. Or I don't know if it's good. We're going to kind of find out together. But, excuse me one second. There we go. Let's see what we got. Uh, full disclosure, so like 20 minutes before the show, my computer locked up. This is a brand new computer, but this is the second time it's done it. And I have, I, I'm suspicious that the problem is the power supply. I, I think I, I may be using way too many accessories and drawing too much for the power supply that comes with it. So I've got a brand new, bigger capacity power supply sitting here, but obviously that's not something I can change while I'm doing a live show. So if it does happen again, just, just so you're aware... I won't be coming back on the live stream. Uh, I will be posting what we have. We got a phenomenal interview today, by the way. Scott Chiffaut, a.k.a. the Chulies Gum Guy from the movie Clerks, sat down with me on Friday. I've got a wonderful interview we're going to watch later in the program. It's pre-recorded. That video is ready to go. So if this computer takes a shit, it's even backed up to the cloud. I'll post it immediately to YouTube and 315 Live. Dot fm slash Matt Measure, so you can check that out. But knock on wood, fingers crossed, uh, we're gonna make it through the show, and this machine will hold out on me until I can give it more power. If we go to uh, our screen here, there we go. Let's see what we got. Today we're looking at President's Day. Hello, welcome to the Daily Bell Ringer. Please don't forget to subscribe and take a look at the questions down in the description. Each year in the United States, on the third Monday in February, we celebrate President's Day. For many years, this holiday was celebrated differently from state to state and didn't become an official federal holiday until 1885. In order to really understand the origins of President's Day, though, we have to go back to the very first president, George Washington. Washington died on December 14, 1799, at the age of 67, and almost immediately upon his death, Americans began calling for a day to honor Washington, who had led the nation through the American Revolution, you know, had been a leader of writing the Constitution, and of course was the first president. 
So on February 22nd, which was Washington's birthday, people began having celebrations to honor him. So in the early 1800s, there was no official holiday, but as the century continued, more people called for Washington's birthday to be recognized, especially in 1832, which would have been Washington's 100th birthday. And then a few years later in 1848, construction was begun on the Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. So again, there were calls for a national holiday. It's, it's interesting how much we loved the first president holiday compared but to the last one. It wouldn't be until after the American Civil War that an official call for a, for a federal holiday came. In the late 1870s, a senator from Arkansas named Stephen Wallace Dorsey proposed a bill to make Washington's birthday a federal holiday. The bill was passed through Congress, and in 1879, President Rutherford B. Hayes signed it into law. Old now, initially, the holiday was only celebrated in the District of Columbia or Washington, D.C., but in 1885, it was expanded to the entire nation. The holiday, of course, was not called President's Day. It was simply Washington's birthday. And whatever day of the week, February 22nd, fell on, that was the holiday, and it remained that way for almost 100 years. It wasn't until the late 1960s that there came a change to Washington's birthday celebration. Senator Robert McClory of Illinois pushed for what was called the Uniformed Holiday Act. The idea was to take holidays that fell on random days of the week and push them to Mondays so that Americans would have a three-day weekend. This had a lot of support from workers and labor unions, but it also had a lot of support from retailers as they saw a three-day weekend as an opportunity to make more money. And just think about today how many... President's Day sale. It's true. It, it, that made a lot of sense all the way around. President's Day sales we see each year. But now as the debate went on in Congress... Some Jack checking in on the chat. Good morning, Jack. It is nice to have a president worth celebrating. Although many would argue, while the first president, Washington had a lot of things that probably shouldn't be celebrated. But... I digress. Some began to argue that we had another famous president's birthday in February, Abraham Lincoln. February 12, 1809 was Lincoln's birthday, and with Illinois Senator McClory leading the charge for this law and Illinois being the land of Lincoln where they were already having celebrations for his birthday, now the idea came if we move the holiday away from Washington's actual birthday of February 22nd and just made it Monday, then why not just put Lincoln in there too and call it President's Day? So 1968, the... All right, so this is all... He's talking about 1968. I was born in 1981, but and and maybe this is like a Mandela effect type of thing. But I I really wonder because I seem to remember Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday as separate holidays, and and maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe maybe when we were in school, we just talked about today is Washington's, today is Lincoln's, but I. I guess I didn't realize. I th I thought it. Th I thought they were merged later on, as I was school age. Again, maybe I'm just dreaming that, but apparently, w we put President's Day together from the '60s. So uh, clearly, I'm just dreaming that. The Uniform Holiday Act was passed, and it went into effect in 1971, following an executive order from President Richard Nixon. I am not a crook. Now, President's Day would be on the third Monday in February, but also in the act, Columbus Day, Memorial Day, and Veterans Day were all moved to Mondays. Today, there is some debate of what President's Day actually is, is meant for. Is it supposed to be for all presidents, or is it supposed to be just about Washington and Lincoln? 
Some argue that by honoring all presidents, the holiday is somewhat cheapened. But however <laughs> you want to celebrate the holiday, just take a moment and appreciate the democracy that we have and the system we have of electing new leaders every few years. So with that, hopefully you learned something and thanks for watching. All right, so that was a good clip from whoever that guy is. That I, I just randomly found this. So shout out to, to Daily Bellringer. I can't really endorse anything else he's got going on, but looks like he's he's doing some interesting content. What's up, Bubba's Rattler? Top of the morning to you. Happy Monday. In the chat. If you want to jump in on the Twitch chat, that's that's where it's at. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast or watching back on YouTube, you can't do that. But that's the adventure of a live show. You can participate while it's happening. I will have the the phone and the text lines open probably later this week. I know in the past that's been a very popular way to interact with the show, and it's always good to hear people's voice. We potentially even can have guests video call us in, but we'll we'll get all that fancy later. In other news, I'm not even going to go crazy on it. You probably saw it over the weekend talking about President's Day. The last president was just acquitted, uh, acquitted in the Senate for his role in the insurrection, a.k.a. the attack on our country. But, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> Artie says, show up live. Listeners, you can talk shit in the chat, too. That's solid advice. You can also subscribe, by the way, and this is something that i got to get in the habit as, as a daily Twitch streamer to, to let folks know. You can subscribe, but listen, it doesn't even have to cost you any money. If you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, like most, many people are, you can actually give me Jeff Bezos' money. You can subscribe to the channel with your Amazon Prime. It doesn't cost you a penny. It's part of the membership that, that you pay for every year, and it helps support us. It gives us a couple bucks. So check that out. It is something you have to do every month. So if you've subscribed once, uh, the next month you got to resubscribe uh, to give us that free one. Free for you. Helps us. Very much appreciate it. In other news, our buddy Dave Chappelle, and when I say our buddy, he's everybody's buddy, right? Who doesn't love Dave Chappelle? Let me get rid of Lincoln guy here. Dave Chappelle, if you remember, was in a dispute. I don't know if you'd say a dispute. He had an issue with Netflix. We all saw a show on Netflix. We saw all these other things. What we didn't know until Dave told us is he wasn't getting paid for any of that. Through some weird contract issue, CBS was able to sell his stuff, license his stuff to Netflix and all these, and he didn't get a cut of it. So he went on and earlier this year and told the public, hey, please stop watching my show. They're not paying me for it. They've taken my name. And his fans responded well they, they did and netflix to their credit you know they, they they weren't really involved in cutting dave out they just want to license some content viacom owned it which is cbs and they made that deal but when dave spoke out about it netflix was not required to do this but they pulled it and they've now made a deal so dave himself gets paid dave posted a video to instagram where he talked about this it's 10 minutes long. I'm not going to play it, but you can check it out on his Instagram. The show was removed from Netflix last November, which really it wasn't that long ago. So they worked fast, and bravo to them again. Netflix tends to be a 
platform that gets it right frequently. I guess we'll play a, a All power and glory go to God. Hopefully there's nothing that gets me a... All greatness... DMCA. ...is from God. When a hero stumbles, well, the cowards rejoice. This is my first time watching this clip. Is this a highlight from one of his shows, or does he just have this set so he can make Instagram videos? Nothing feels better to a coward pretty sure than to watch theater. a brave guy fall. Now, you guys might have seen in the news that I caught coronavirus recently, and, and then I did. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> I did. Overwhelming majority of people wished me well. Said, we hope you get better. Take care of yourself. We don't want anything bad to happen to you. But there was a faction of people police officers i said what did you do talked about it I unfortunately this is too long to, to zip through the whole thing but at dave Chappelle on instagram Many if you want to watch this whole clip at me because that's a ridiculous but again shout out to netflix they've made this deal he's gotten his money back i'm trying to see if it I think I skipped past the the part here, but it says Chappelle announced he'll rejoin the streaming service on Friday. I asked you to stop watching the show, and thank God Almighty for you, you did. You made that show worthless because without your eyes, it's nothing. Chappelle told the audience, and when you stopped watching it, they called me, and I got my name back, and I got my license back, and I got my show back, and they paid me millions of dollars. Thank you very much. As far as I'm concerned, that's all great news. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. Shout out to the audience who stood up for the artist that they love. And look what we got out of it. We got our content back, and we got our man properly compensated for it. It's a win-win to me. Other interesting story that we have here. I'm going to pull this up. This is from Good. I'll be honest, I'm not super familiar with Good as an outlet. But they are referencing a research paper from the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. And it's it's very interesting. Its findings are what we on the left would hope would be the case. And, and it turns out is the case. Here's what I'm talking about. New study shows how Black Lives Matter protests have saved hundreds of lives. Let me say that one more time. Black Lives Matter protests have saved hundreds of lives. Now, of course, if you turn on, you know, right-wing news, you'll hear that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization and they're responsible for uh, filling the nonsense here. These guys come up with all kinds of bullshit that isn't reflective. But, okay. As my mic flag or my... We got, we got like everything falling apart this morning. I really should have taken the day off. The question is, of course, well, okay... How do you know this? How did you figure out that Black Lives Matter has saved lives? Well, it, it was very simple. And again, this is from a research paper 
I will share the link in the description of this video later on. And I can actually put it in the chat. So you guys got that as well. Because it's it's a good piece to have. Basically what happened is, what they studied, how they figured this out, is they looked at these cities, such as Portland, St. Louis, San Francisco, places that had a high number of protests and a high number of police-involved shootings where they had killed black people. And they looked, and they saw simply that where the protests were high, the numbers of violent police actions, including shootings and deaths, have dramatically decreased. 15 to 20% decrease in police homicides in the ensuing five years since BLM started making their voices heard. 15 to 20%. That's a significant drop. And keep in mind, that drop when we're talking about is is less dead people. And can you imagine that? In the last five years, police officers realized that, hey, in basically one out of five cases where previously we fucking killed someone, we managed to get the job done without that. Weird, huh? It goes on to cite the data from all the different cities where you can see this. The study shows that fall in lethal use of force is growing over time and that it's prominent where protests are large or frequent. Therefore, if BLM protests continue, even more lives will probably be saved. That's their conclusion. Obviously, you can draw your own conclusion. I would tend to make the same conclusion. But the point is it's working. And to all the folks that are naysayers and all the folks that want to bash this movement and want to bash protesting and action and activism, you should just vote. Here's what's working. And here's the data that shows that it's working. When we shine a light, when we bring this scrutiny on an issue, on an organization, and we put it under a microscope, they tend to take action. Especially when there's politics involved, and especially when there's the media is all over this. The politicians, the mayors, I don't want to necessarily the, say the police departments, because they are the most begrudgingly dragging their feet along on this issue than anyone. There are some good police chiefs, don't get me wrong, who are leading the charge and helping these types of things. But generally, this stuff comes more from City Hall. But I'll take it. And, and it, if this is what we need to continue to do to keep people alive and to get police to do their job and serve the community, not shoot the community, fuck yeah. Black lives matter. Police abuse is wrong. And as I've said many times, and I'll say again, my standard disclaimer anytime we talk about police misconduct, I am not anti-police. I believe in the defund the police movement because I understand that it is not about eliminating police or eliminating law enforcement. It's about better distributing the resources, providing better trained people for the right situations.
But I want police in our community. I want to feel safe. I want to know that I can dial 911 in an emergency and somebody can show up in a timely fashion and they can help but not make the situation worse. That's the key point. What I want is the confidence for not only myself, a boring white guy who can have encounters with the police without the same degree of fear as a lot of my friends of a darker complexion might encounter. I want everybody to feel safe. I want someone with a mentally ill family member to feel like if they need help, they could call 911. And it won't mean a death sentence for that family member. That's all I want. Real radical, I know. <laughs> Help us, don't hurt us. What a dick I am. It's almost time for the the Scott Chiffo interview, which I'm very excited about. I think you're going to enjoy it. But we got just a couple minutes for one more story before we get into that. And this is... This is breaking news from CNN that that you're just we just we just got to see. Let me zoom in on this and then throw it on the screen so you can see it. Here's the headline from CNN Business. This is a business story apparently. Sorry millennials, the laughing emoji and specifically that one. This guy here isn't cool anymore. This is my my old man's update, breaking news from young people. We're not cool anymore. Bad news for people who frequently use the laughing emoji. It is no longer cool. Apparently, there's a big uh, controversy conversation going on about this topic on TikTok. You might have heard this also. Gen Z, this is the youngest... I guess youngest adult generation, right? These are you're going to be your your late teens, early twenties, folks. What we would all consider, I guess, as as young people. They're over skinny jeans, which bravo. Those were the stupidest fucking trend in the history of trends. Okay, fuck skinny jeans. Happy to see them go. They also don't like side parts. Apparently, middle part or bust when it comes to hair. I don't even know if I understand that. I just wear hats. But it says perhaps the most painful of all, the popular cry, laughing, crying emoji that some millennials use hundreds of times a day or more is no longer cool. Now, there's some clarification. First of all, these Gen Zers, these young folks, they like the skull emoji, which means I'm dead or dying. When a joke is funny. I get that. I say dead all the time, but I feel like, I don't know. Okay. That means it's funny. Just so you know, if you guys see a skull on a post, they're laughing at you. Uh, there's other alternatives. There is the loudly crying emoji. Apparently, this one is acceptable. And then there's the, hold on, there's one more. Here we go. The rolling on the floor laughing this is the, the the laughing at another angle. I personally frequently use these together. So I'll do the, the one laugh and the other alternating. And then you get like a crowd of laughter. Apparently that's not cool anymore. One kid 
when asked about this rolling on the floor laughing emoji here, said that I don't like that one. My mom doesn't even use it. I, I don't know. Face with Tears of Joy is the official name with a laughing, crying emoji. It's currently the most used emoji. According to Emoji Tracker, a website that shows real-time emoji use on Twitter. Imagine sitting around one day and going, you know what I should create? A website that tracks the use of emojis. I bet if I did that, I'd get quoted in a CNN business article that some idiot would read on a podcast. It's a brilliant strategy, and clearly it worked. My suggestion, fucking go with it. I mean, I still roll with the LOL, which they told me was uncool years ago, right? Right. That that went long out. I am a I am a dinosaur to throw an LOL on a comment, or so they tell me. We got some other good stuff we're going to get to tomorrow, but I want to move into this interview. So, a little bit of setup. Scott, who you're about to see, is a gentleman that was in the classic movie Clerks, 1994. He was the Chulies gum guy. And this interview is like a dream come true to me. It was one of my favorite movies. I've watched it probably about a billion times, and it's a whole franchise. And, and Scott's been a part of a lot of it. And to be able to talk to a guy, I mean, and you'll see from the interview, but he's just the most genuine, most appreciative for everything and, and everywhere he's gotten uh, type of guy I think I've ever met. And it was a true, true pleasure to speak with him and, and an honor. The whole point, or at least what we're trying to promote, is they have a, a new event put on put on by the folks from Wizard World. These are guys that do a lot of comic cons and, and comic book events in person. Of course, with the pandemic, they've had to figure out how to do that differently, and they've got a pretty cool virtual event. Scott will tell you about it in the interview. I think you're really going to like it. We even got graphics for it, if I can get to it. There we go. So without further ado, I'm going to let this play. It was pre-recorded in full disclosure. As you'll see, I'm wearing a different shirt. I considered wearing the same shirt today, just so I would match, but, you know, I didn't. I will be in the chat. I'm not going to break in. I'm going to let this play uninterrupted, but I will be in the chat. So if you've got questions or, or if you want to talk about it, I'll be happy to join you there and do that. Wonderful. So, Scott, welcome to the Matt Major Show. I, I First and foremost, I really want to thank you for doing this. This is very exciting for me. I'm a big fan of yours and, and a big fan of all the projects that you've been involved in. And I happen to see... You posted there's a, a new event coming up that you're promoting a little bit. And I thought, well, this is an opportune time to to talk with Scott and and get into all this. So it's pretty cool. And thank you, first of all, for joining me. Oh, no, Matt. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And it's my pleasure. I got to say, you might not remember, but I met you a few years back at probably the weirdest Comic-Con event ever in Utica, New York at the Children's Museum. Oh my god! It was a real wow. weird set. It was a neat event, 
but you were there doing autographs and doing those types of things, and you were incredibly gracious, and, and you always have continued to be, and I, I want to thank you for that. You're very welcome, and I know I know I knew you, and I know we had interacted and met, sure. or even if we hadn't, because I got middle-aged brain now, and these cons, I don't do that many, but they start to bleed into each other after a while. But that was a very true, a bit of an odd event. Yeah, but, uh, that's that's Utica, New York for you. I'll tell you that. But it's a unique place. But it, it was great. And that kind of leads me into uh, just what I wanted to talk about. An actor and a lot of actors like yourselves do those types of events. That's part of your income, right? That's in addition to acting. That's how you monetize these things, right? That is uh, 100% true, yes. And, of course, in this pandemic age, that's a, a massive wrench thrown in the works of all of that. And it looks like this event that you've got coming up, and I'll put this on the screen, looks like you found a unique way to do what you've always done, but in a virtual fashion. Is that an accurate uh, description of what you've got going on? It is, Matt. And I'm a guest. It's it's the, the fine people at Wizard World. They're a big outfit. And they put together going over to virtual, obviously, because of the pandemic. And there's really no other options, any safe options. And I had done GalaxyCon last year. They did a very nice virtual event. So the bigger con producers are embracing the virtual cons. And you mentioned about monetizing it is true that the industry has changed so dramatically, not just the film uh, industry, but the music business, which I've also been a part of. And now that physical media is no longer really a big revenue stream because CDs and DVDs and Blu-rays, sure. they don't sell nearly what they did 10, 15, 20 years ago. This is a unique way and an interesting way to monetize and bands are doing it in concerts with VIP packages where you do the meet and greets. So it's nice. I feel very blessed and privileged to be able to do it at all. And if somebody's a fan of anything I've been a part of, they would get my time, whether the meter's running or not per se. Sure. But it, it is a nice, a nice new it was not really a new industry. The convention thing has been happening a long time, but sure. it certainly is a, a revenue stream alternative. That's great. That's what we love to see. I'm in this content business, but primarily uh, I'm in the technology business. So seeing these changes in things like this is always interesting to me. And I also work a ton with entertainers, comedians and musicians and things like this. So this is a world where it's changing. How do we do it? People want these experiences. They still want to uh, see the folks that they're fans of. They want to hang out with them. They want to do all these things that we've always done, but we're held back. It's great to see new and unique ways to do that. And I can tell from talking with you, there's a lot of folks, actors and things like this, that are a little bit of a prima donna. They are, are really full of themselves and don't even necessarily appreciate the folks that really appreciate them. And, and I can tell that you're a guy that that really goes out of his way to be nice to everybody and, and be a genuine good person who earns this long fame even after a very long career so i think that's pretty cool i think you're doing it right and some folks should probably take some notes <laughs> matt thank you that's 
really gracious and I really appreciate it. I have the type of career where I'm able to manage uh, my time between film and music and avail myself is the right word sure. on social media. I'm pretty available on social media and no matter how big, and I've met and worked with a lot of people who are certainly far bigger names, real household names type people, but the genuine ones know that we have our art, but without the fans, you have zero as far as making a career out of it. Yeah. You have them to thank if you're lucky enough to be an artist and to be making a career out of it. It's because you have a, a fan base that will follow you and purchase, whether it's a movie ticket, a record, whatever it might be, a book. And that's to be respected and it's just a privilege. I would have been an artist probably no matter what happened. I, it's all I've ever known is music and I've had a love of film since I'm a child. But to be able to make a, a career of it is a super blessing. So, Well, that's awesome. Anytime somebody that can, can make a living out of their talents and their passions, that's something that I'm, I'm a huge fan of. Let me ask you as you talk about the fan base. I was first introduced to you in Clerks. Looking at your resume, you've been in a long list of, of various projects, musical and, and acting. As fans go, how does the Clerks fan base compare to fan bases of other movies and other forms of entertainment like that? Wow. In my career, there's really no comparison. The beauty of what happened for me with Clerks, Kevin's dream came true, but all of our dreams came true with sure. that film. I wanted to be a working character actor. That that meant a lot to me. Sure, I had some ide passing ideas of it would be great to be a leading man and, and possibly really escalate. But the guys I've loved my whole life that came up in the 70s, they were basically character actors who became leading men, like Dustin Hoffman and Pacino and De Niro and all these type of people. They were not considered leading men Back in old school Hollywood, there were more character types, but character types were becoming leads. So I felt I would much rather make a career of being able to be the guy's best friend or the guy next door and occasionally be the leading actor. And I was fortunate to get some leads along the way, but I'm forgetting where this started. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, you're fine. I, you're just talking about the fan base. Uh, oh, the view askew people make it all possible because Clerks was uh, a door opener for all of us that were involved in that. So all the films, pretty much just about everything I've worked on since, I owe a little royalty to the fact that most of the people knew me from that from Clerks. So I was no longer anonymous when I walked into the audition room, and that made a huge difference. And a lot of people would seek me out solely because they had enjoyed the truly the maniacal Julie's gum guy, which is crazy. Let, let me ask you about that gum guy. In all honesty, how many people or how sick are you of bad chewing gum and or smoking jokes from strangers? I mean, the people just got to come up to you and say just stupid shit. It's, it doesn't really happen randomly. I, I don't have that kind of uh, career or notoriety, which I can imagine 
literally if you're at a restaurant or at the 7-Eleven and people are shouting crazy lines at you, that could be pretty nuts. That doesn't really happen. It certainly happens time and place, like at the convention. Sure. And I, I don't tire of it because I know that it means so much to the, the supporters and the fans. They love his dialogue which is what he's really noted for as well. And to them, it's exciting to be able to say the lines to somebody who was actually in the film. And the last thing you want to do is kill it for them and be like, oh man, really? That's so unoriginal. That would be heartbreaking. And yeah. I would never do that to somebody who really embraces those movies. Brian is a good friend of mine now, O'Halloran. He played Dante. Sure. He hears... You're not even supposed to be here today, literally every day. I believe And that. he he does hear it out in the real world because he is much more recognizable pretty much than I am. He's been in all the films. And that and, was the line, that, too. That, that is Dante. So he'll get that at uh, Costco or Walmart. Are you supposed to be here today? <laughs> you know? And he doesn't. He's another very gracious actor because, hey, we know that we owe a great debt to the fans of Kevin's universe. Yeah, that's uh, that's where the hits are. And I can understand. Scott, what's the future? What's the future for you? What's the future for this popular franchise? What what do we what do we have to look forward to, I should ask? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the times are so gosh, last year was such a bummer and it's still dragging on. I know it's, uh, he is, he, Kevin Smith, and he's very accessible in a sense on his social media, or at least it's easy to follow along with what's happening with him. He has been working on a Clerks 3 script, a new one, because there were a couple in the past that were very different in tone and nature. This most recent one that he's currently working on the way he's explaining it, it sounds like there will be an opportunity for a lot of the old school cast to pop in, whether it's just a cameo or it's a little more involved. But the way the story is going, there's a lot of opportunity. And he said this himself for old school cast members to possibly pop in. But he is working on a Clerks 3. Awesome. I, whether I'm part of it or not, and this is the, certainly the, the genuine truth. I cannot wait to see my peers play those roles again as middle-aged people. I want to see what's happening yeah. with Dante yeah. and Randall. And I, I love Brian. He's a friend now. And he deserves to get to play that character in a, in a third installment. And the reboot got a really nice reaction. So Kevin's jazz to to continue on with the Clerks 3. And I'm there's probably going to be a Mallrats 2. Oh, wow. That would be pretty incredible. I, I got to say, watching the reboot, it was, I guess, bittersweet is the best way to describe it, because it was great. It was such a good flick, but it harkened back to what didn't seem like very long ago. And of course, that was the point of the film is it's been a while. So you saw that and it kind of hurt a little bit. I feel like I'm still 16 when I watch Clerks for the 4,000th time at age 39 now. But the reboot was wonderful and it, it was great to see so many folks now. Who are they? What's going on? How are they different? Clerks 3, that would be an interesting thing. 
Yeah, I, I'm on board, like I said, no matter what. I love the guy. Why wouldn't I? It opened up the universe to me as far as a career. And I've been in a number of other things. I, we were in an episode of Comic Book Men where we played those guys in a bowling tournament type of thing. That was a blast. And I was in Vulgar, which is the Brian Johnson film, playing again opposite Brian O'Halloran. So a lot of the... Over the last 25 years, a lot of, I don't want to call them linchpin. I'm not trying to think of the word I want to use here. But pivotal, sure. exciting things came out of that camp. So, of course, that's where a lot of loyalty and love and support goes into that. I don't understand how anybody who has the gift of being part of a franchise that is embraced could flip on it and be very it's just a gift and it, you know, i don't understand how those folks do it that you hear about it a lot No, kevin had issues on the set of cop out with bruce willis where like bruce was more or less very negative towards i, th I think the story was and i don't want to mess it up and, and and i'm pretty sure i'm close to correct here he and kevin were out on the streets shooting the film and they were on a break and a car full of guys came flying by yelling out some diehard lines. And Kevin was like, wow, that's so awesome. I bet you never get tired of that. And Willis made a really disparaging remark and I don't get it. But again, that guy's career is in the stratosphere. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. what it's like to be that, but I, I don't see why you wouldn't be, even if you're not humble, why you're not appreciative of it. He knows that guy came up though, like every other actor. Once upon a time, everyone who's anywhere was nowhere. And that's, you don't just get born into the A-list. But he struggled and did extra work and bartended. And, and, and he's one of the biggest movie stars walking the face of the earth. You would think he would be very thankful that people to this day shout out diehard lines to him. But... Yeah, that it really soured Kevin, or it broke his heart, actually. I believe it. it's it's one of those things. And like I said, I can almost understand being exhausted. I mean, at some point, it's all you hear. Okay, I get that. Like you said, it's like the rock star that doesn't want to play the hit anymore. This is what got you to the dance. Yeah, you got to juggle it. You, I think that's all there is to do. You have to juggle that with the new material. When I am fortunate to be in anything, uh, whether it's a film or a music project, and it's a brand new thing. It's got little or nothing to do with the Kevin Smith universe. I get to promote that. And people like yourself in the media are wonderful. They focus on it. They discuss it. They treat it like its own thing, which it is. I had a number of films last year come out, even during the pandemic, which was mind blowing. And I got to promote them and discuss them time and place. I wouldn't be there discussing a new movie. Sure. Had I not gotten the break back in 94 with Kevin and the, and the gang. So, Scott, last uh, couple of quick questions, and I'll let you go. You're a great actor. We're talking a lot about the acting. That's how I know you, of course. But you're also, and you've come back to it time and time again, you're also a musician. Talk to me a little bit about your music. If folks only know you from the movies and they were to pick up some of your tunes, what are they going to hear? As far as what's available, music is just a lifelong passion since I was able to walk. 
I had, I was raised by a very strong single mother and I had an older cousin who was like a big brother slash father figure who really turned me on to music as a, as a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, the Beatle records were still coming out. Like he came home with Sergeant Pepper and Sly and the Family Stone and all this. And at six or seven, I was, I was just enamored with music and, and that never changed. And I started playing guitar at 13 years old and never put the guitar down and then piano. What I could musically, I am able to do a lot in my studio and keep satiated uh, and not necessarily be out on the road as a touring musician or looking to have some type of hit record per se. Most of the music I have that is available for purchase or download is instrumental film music. And a lot of the money goes to the Angels of Animals animal charity. Oh, wow, that's awesome. There is one artist I worked with who's my soulmate in life, Carrie Werner, a.k.a. Jewel Carrie. We did a record together called Little Did I Think. It's It was released in the early 2000s globally. And it, we have, but the record was finished earlier than that, like 98, 99. But it's a real, for me musically, as a guitar player and as a producer, her songs are dynamite. If you could imagine a female Petty and the Heartbreakers. Okay. That's what she is. And I got to produce the record. This is how we met, which is really a cool story. And 25, 30 years later, we're, we're partners. It's She's really amazing. But that album called Little Did I Think by Jewel Carey, it's available on Amazon. Musically for me, as a contemporary musician, a guitar player, a producer, that album kind of hit it. And to this day, it's probably easily my favorite. But as far as other things, I get to score a lot of the films I've been a part of. And that led to another career of just, I got to score a lot of films I wasn't necessarily sure. in the cast of. So all, again, all blessings. And I, I have nothing but reverence for the thing that opened the door to all of that, yeah. which was the Viewers Universe. It's so interesting how, and I love seeing this in business and all kinds of different things, when folks get into one thing and they find these other pieces. You're an actor. People think you get a check from a movie studio and that's the end of the story. But you figured out how to get into these merchandising and these events. And, and now you're actually the musician who's putting the music uh, underneath. And that's a whole other avenue and, and producing. And it's to me, it's just fascinating. I love watching people grow and really, again, find different ways to stay in what they do, what they love, and make their living in, in the arts, honestly. There's not enough of that, unfortunately. Yeah, thank you again, Matt. That's that's very gracious. And I, I, again, I feel blessed. And the pandemic was, is, has been horrible for everybody, but it gave me the time to do the audio book and Audible did an exclusive release of the book of poetry I had out. And that was a really fun and motivating project and gave the book a second life. And people really responded to the author reading because I was going to do a version of the book where it was all guest readers. But Audible strongly said, if you're going to do that after you do a version of the author reading it because people really want to hear the author. Oh. And luckily I, I went that route and it, and it, it did well. 
and it got a nice amount of feedback. But Matt, it's all blessings. It really is. I, just to, to have what I have. And I had a rough road with alcohol and drugs, and that's over too. If I didn't change those ways, I wouldn't be here either because I was really on a fast track for oh, wow. political. So I've got so much to be thankful for. That's great. And it's great to see somebody that, that recognizes that. Scott, I'm going to let you go. I, I very much appreciate your time. One more time, though, let folks know websites and, and things like that. Where should they find you and, and what should they check out? Sure. Just about on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's my name, straight up my name. I'm pretty active on it. Little, I, I backed off a little bit in the last two months and have done... When I post, I'm posting more, not necessarily promotional, but to Marilyn Gigliotti, who played Veronica, she's taken, she took a break from social media. And I learned a lot from the fact that she did that because she came back with a whole new set of ways to approach it with a really positive messages. She posts a lot of very positive messages for everybody, not, and has very little to do with the entertainment business just have gratitude for every day. And I was sure. taken by that. So I was rethinking some of my social media. I didn't want it to just, I like to have fun with people on social media. So I'll post fun, wacky things. And of course I promote whatever's going on, like the wizard world event, February 20th, quick promotion. There you go. But the social media can be used for good or evil. We've seen that. Absolutely. So, Harnessing it for good is where my head's at. I'd rather say something good or I'll say nothing at all. That's where I'm at. That's that's wise advice that we could probably all take right there. <laughs> Scott, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for, for all you've done, and, and we look forward to your new projects and, and everything that's going on. So uh, if there's ever anything uh, that you've going on you'd like to promote, please jump on and uh, get a hold of me and we'll be happy to push that out huge fans of you and, and the whole crew and absolutely love that you've taken the time with us i really appreciate it oh it's my pleasure thank you matt i really enjoyed this you have a fabulous day sir absolutely you too scott we'll talk to you take soon. care bye